Welcome to Birth Mystics with your hosts, Katie and Stephanie. Though the waves crash around me, tumultuous and fierce, I have nothing to fear, for I am not a ship navigating the storm. I am Poseidon, and the ocean is me. This poem came to be when I was about six months pregnant with my third baby. Um, I was laying in bed at night and just thinking about kind of all of my birth experiences together and my hopes for this birth and my goals. Um, And as I lay there, these words just kind of came to me. I don't know how to explain it any other way. I just kind of like puzzle pieces came together in my mind. Um, And the poem came. I I jumped up out of bed um, and ran to a piece of paper and wrote it down. And the next day I just stared at it. And I remember thinking how how deeply it expressed my wish for that baby in that birth. Hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, I've been honored to have that poem featured in a couple of different places. One of them is our very own Stephanie's Baba birth course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think that for me, there's a lot going on in this poem. For me personally, the first thing when I look at it, is my own embodiment journey. Um, And how I explain this is kind of with, to start with a visualization. So I love the ocean. I don't know if you've noticed on how our podcast begins, (laughs) or if you go look at Freya Birth, there's ocean and I post like reels of waves all the time. I love the ocean. There's something about it that's always been powerful for me. I felt really drawn to it. And I had a visualization when I was pregnant with my second baby And, um, I love to use this to kind of think about how we view contractions and how, how we can work with them. So if you've ever gone to the beach and there are decent sized waves and you want to get out past the waves so that you can just kind of swim in the ocean a little bit or float or whatever, past the waves, whatever is your goal. Um, there's a couple ways you go at it. So you can walk out on the shore and the waves are kind of hitting you and you can try and just put one shoulder down and hit the wave, like let the wave crash into you and keep going. That can work when the waves are small, it doesn't matter very much, but the bigger the waves get, the harder it is to put your shoulder into it. It'll still push you back. At some point you're gonna start being bruised. It's gonna start to hurt. And you're gonna start to wonder to yourself, like do I, is this worth it? Cause it's painful because they're smashing straight into you and waves are powerful. But you could probably get out there that way, depending on the size of the waves. At some point, with some waves, though, that won't get you any further. Another way that you could do is every time a wave comes, you can kind of just scoot back a little bit and try and get out of the way. Just kind of try and dodge it somehow. Dodge dodge wave. Right, you dodge a wave, or you take three or four steps back and then try and hurry out a little more before the next wave comes. You do it again. This will be slow progress if you're not willing to to somehow work with the wave or move forward because you're going to be taking almost as many steps back as you are forward. Um, and you could get to a certain point with that, but at some at some point you're going to have to deal with a wave. You can't, <laughs> you can't avoid a wave and get past the waves. Um, the third way, and the way this was the, my vision that I always always have, my visualization in my mind, I had two of them, this was one of them, was, I don't know if you've ever done this, if you haven't, like, go to the ocean right now and try because it's one of the most amazing feelings is that right when the wave's kind of above you, there's this moment where if you dive right in, 
below the crashing wave. It'll just move around your body, but your dive and like the point of your hands and your head clear this way and it doesn't hurt. And it feels so amazing because you feel this power rush around you, but you come up on the other side and you've made all this progress and you can get quickly get out past waves this way. I love to use this when helping people prepare for childbirth because it's such a cool way to think about it. It's like when I have a contraction come, I have, I have options. Yeah. I can grit my teeth, which for me, this is the reason this is powerful for me because I feel like my first birth, that was my strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grit my teeth and I fought. I felt my husband likes to say that I was trying to win. <laughs> <laughs> That's apropos. Like, I mean, a very astute observation mm-hmm. from the outside looking on at your experience. Mm-hmm. He said, the come on, I'd be like, I'm stronger than this. Yeah. And that was kind of my birth prep too. My mindset was like, I have a high pain tolerance and I've never had a problem getting through hard things before because I'm a tough woman Yeah. and I'm just going to do this. And the truth of the matter is you did get through it, right? Yeah. But at what cost? <laughs> yes, at what cost? <laughs> so when you, when you fight like that, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And my birth went very long. So I fought very hard for a very long time and never found a way. And it took an epidural kind of separating me, the two fighters, right? My body and me. Yeah. <laughs> it took an epidural separating us from my body to be able to do what it needed to do. Because I was essentially getting in the way by saying I'm tougher than you and just... My husband said I would just crunch my fists down and just be like, okay, contraction. Wow. Um, Better than you. I will muscle my way through (laughs) this. I will muscle my way through this pain because that's how I do things. Um, So for me, that was my first birth. And it I had a baby, um, but it was very hard. I didn't have a good experience. Um, I came away feeling very battered and bruised. My recovery was rough. And um, my goal had been unmedicated, and I was frustrated that I hadn't gone unmedicated. Um. So in a lot of ways, I felt like, okay, I wasn't strong enough. And then preparing for my next birth, I learned all these amazing things. I took hypnobirthing and I kind of felt like I gained this idea of like, okay, my body knows how to do it. So I'm just going to get out of the way. Mm. I'm just going to put my hands up and get out of the way of birth. So my second, I believed really hard. And I felt like for most of labor, I was pretty connected to my body. But when it came down to transition and pushing, I definitely left Like I I felt like I was kind of, most of me was hovering above. I did not feel much of what was going on. Um, I was yelling really loud, but I don't remember. Like I know I was, but I don't feel like it was me yelling. Like I just felt very separate. Like I just kind of took a step back and let my body do it. So it's almost like you're describing two different kinds of dissociation. So like Mm -hmm. the first was a a medicine induced and this other one was more of a hypnosis induced where you, you chose to like disconnect. Yes. From what was happening. It was still a great experience. Like I came back into my body and there she was and I'd mm. done it unmedicated and I felt, I felt all the hormones. Mm. I felt really good about it at the time. I felt so good. It was like, and it was quick because after my first was so long, it was so fast that my husband almost missed it. So I felt in general very good. It wasn't until I became a doula and began attending other births and learning, like really diving deep into like birth lore and watching other women birth that at some point I kind of realized that I had left, hmm. um, that I was not connected to my body during, during that last bit. And it was mostly like the last half an hour. Um, and part of that was because I was in Germany at the time and they had a tub you could labor in and a tub you could birth in. Wow. And I got pushy in the tub you could labor in. 
That's And they made me get out of the tub you can labor in hmm. and walk through a cold hall because I was in the wrong room. Wow. To the tub I could birth in, which was not very full. So I also feel like that triggered some like fight and flight situation going on and made me a little more animalistic than I maybe would have been if I had stayed in the tub. But either way, I did have that, that feeling of kind of having left. So I looked back, it was still like the birth I was very proud of, but I thought to myself going into my third birth, I really want to embody that third option. I want to be present and I don't want to feel like it's either me fighting or me leaving. I want to feel like I'm doing it this time. I want to feel like my body and I are a team. Because that was also a theme in general, I think, of my life is that a lot of ways I kind of thought of my body and my period and a lot of things as being like not distasteful, but just something that I needed to keep under wraps. I grew up religious, um, LDS, Mormon for people who don't know what that means. Um, And so a lot of thoughts of mine and my body was a lot of like the the primal urges, right? Where, oh, if I eat too much, I'll get fat. And sex is not something you're supposed to think about until you're married. And so a lot of those topics for me felt very taboo. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think I learned how to be in my body very well in my whole life. So that was in my pregnancy. A lot of those topics kind of woke up for me where I realized that they were connected. And this poem for me was in a lot of ways realizing, like saying that the that I'm beside in the ocean is me. That's not just birth. That's all of the things my body can do. And I'm still like exploring this. And I know there's a lot to learn. And I know that you know a lot about this, Stephanie, but I felt like for me, that was my journey that I went on for that third pregnancy. Um, so do you have any thoughts you want to add? Well, I'm having a memory myself okay. when I was about 14. Um, I, so I grew up in a landlocked state of Utah. Um, did you grow up in Utah? Yes, I yeah. did. <laughs> um, but I'm from California and have a ton of family out there. And so when I was 14, I got to go on a road trip with my brother to go surfing. His favorite movie at the time was Endless Summer, and he Ooh. was this Utah surfer boy, right? But it was really fun to get to tag along because I had never been surfing before. And we just started in Northern California and made our way down to Southern California. And we just hit a bunch of beaches along the way. So it was quite an experience to, first of all, just go out in the ocean in a wetsuit and to experience that exact process that you described of how to engage with the waves. I tried all of them, (laughs) finally, because the first two were not very successful, learned how to do the third. And to be able to get out past the waves, which you have to if you're going to try to catch a wave, we had to actually practice diving into the wave. And it really scared me. I... I actually had a lot of phobia of water growing up and would have a lot of nightmares as a kid of drowning. So it was challenging me to get out there and like face these huge waves. But just getting to the other side was really empowering. Then the actual process of trying to stand up on a surfboard and catch a wave, like that's that's a whole different thing. But But I love how as an adult and in my birth work, I also see this beautiful parallel where I talk to my clients about how one way that you can work with this is through the visual of the ocean like we're discussing tonight so let's say you're out in the ocean and you start to feel fear and you start to feel panic like I did as a 14 year old 
interesting that when we start shallow breathing and we start feeling a lot of tension, we also will start to sink. <laughs> yeah. Um, once that tension hits the body, you get heavy and you're going to hit the bottom. But also the opposite is true. Once you start to deepen your breath and actually... Oxygenate your blood, right? Oxygenate like, your blood. It's like you, a flotation. holding oxygen in your body because when you short breathe, like I love, I'll nerd out a little bit the please, physiology please of it, do. right? Yeah. That when you're holding your breath and taking these tiny breaths, your blood has very low oxygen mm. and you become very dense, right? And so you sink. But when you give your body that oxygen, you fill it up and you slow down. All your molecules in your body slow down, move apart and become less dense. It's really cool. It's Isn't like that like an amazing thing to visualize, flotation right? device. Yeah. yeah. You just have to breathe. Just have to breathe. That's all. <laughs> but it's surprisingly hard when it you're filled, filled with panic and fear. It but is. as soon as you can get those deep, full diaphragmatic breaths and then the oxygenated blood starts to spread, well, the natural product is that we can start to float. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty powerful to see the connection between the emotion that we're feeling and then how that translates into our physiology and how we're breathing and then how that translates into how we are interpreting the wave. Yes. And so the last thing I would say just to bring it back to that surfing analogy is when I'm talking to clients, it's like, look, you have a choice. Like you can be out there trying to catch the wave and just be smacked down by it over and over and over and over again. And that can be your birth experience. Sounds like you experienced it that way with your first a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's how my first birth experience felt too. It was just this tug of war between me and the ocean, you know, Mm -hmm. or you can actually choose to get on top of the wave because the intensity of the wave is exactly the same, whether it's smacking you down or whether it's lifting you up. Mm-hmm. What changed? Did the ocean change? Nope. No, it was just how we positioned ourselves in the wave, right? Mm-hmm. And what a difference that from the time that I first started to try to even get to the other side of the waves as that 14-year-old girl to the very first time that I actually stood up on a surfboard and I didn't last very long, mm-hmm. but I did stand on it and I felt that wave lifting me. And I thought, man, that's pretty crazy that the exact same wave that was causing me so much distress is the very same wave that's giving me this high. And I think that explains why some birthers can experience birth on that full spectrum. Yeah, You know, it's not always the birth itself that's good or bad, but it's, well... What's our perception here and how are we stepping into that space and how are we interpreting it? Yes, I love that. And Katie, I think why your poem resonated so strongly with me is that really my metaphor breaks down because it's not it's not that you're either under the wave getting smacked or riding the wave like a surfer. You took it a step further that just delighted my soul, which was actually you are the wave. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yep. I totally get it. And I, and Katie speaks this language so beautifully that at, at some point we can even transcend a separation or a distinguishment from I'm over here and the waves over there. But it, at some point birth invites that merging, you know, to actually just become one with that thing. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Cause I feel like that was my that was my wish for that birth was to feel one with all these all this power that I knew was accessible, but always kind of prescribed as birth's power. Mm. The birth was this experience, and I was entering this experience and having to deal with this experience and moving forward from this experience, but realizing that birth is written into my genes. Yeah, it, it's me and my, the same genes that create my brain and my mouth and the way I look and the way I talk and the way I walk. 
those genes made my baby and those genes are in my uterus and those genes are in the contractions and all of that is my body. So I love that. I love that idea of like when you're visualizing that you think about, okay, how does Poseidon dance among the waves? Mm-hmm. Like if you think about like for me, Poseidon can be a woman and I just think that he is. So I look back at like Greek history and I nerd out about that another time. But I look back at the fluidity of it and the, the tide and the connection with the moon and all of, all of what the wave is. For me, the ocean and Poseidon, they are feminine, whatever name they're given. And if you think about how someone who is the god or the goddess of the ocean would interact with the ocean, wouldn't they just be, how could you, if you could dance among the waves, how cool would that be if you could just surf on them because they're a part of who you are and you're ebbing with it and you're flowing with it. And I loved visualizing just kind of me as, as water, but still me and just riding it because it's mine and it's, I'm doing it because I can, right? Mm Because not just I'm trying to get somewhere or I'm trying to do something, but because I'm in this moment, in this moment, I am a contraction. I am a wave. My body's doing this. And that brings me to like that, that mindfulness idea of, of how, if I can sit in my body and I can sit in this and I can truly take myself beyond fear to delight and anticipation and knowing that like, it's not, it's a strenuous thing to ride a wave. I mean, I love to do things like ski. I love to do strenuous things are rewarding. And if you see them as something exciting and fun, then the strenuous is part of the fun because it's all wrapped in one package, right? That's part of the joy. Absolutely. Um, And when you can kind of get to that point, and that's where I wanted to go. And I, anyone listening to this, where you still have are holding a lot of fear, I don't want you to feel like you're going to get here very quickly. I'm still trying to be in my body and be one. Birth for me was an opportunity where I knew my body would be more willing to connect with me. Um, because you build that relationship with your body, and sometimes your body is resistant to connection because of a lifetime of separation. And that's how my body can be. But like Stephanie said, it starts with kind of that curiosity. Why am I worried about this? What is it about birth that makes me so nervous? How can I set myself up for success? How can I invite people and situations and environment to make it beautiful and exciting? What are things I can do that will make this sound more pleasant for me? Mm -hmm. What are mental barriers I have in the way? Do I have stories from others that I can't seem to let go of? Do I need to replace those with positive stories? Do I need to go seek out people who are passionate about birth or people who will tell me a beautiful story? Because your brain just creates, if you hear negative stories more negative than positive, your brain's just a computer. It just, you put information in it and it spits out the result of that information. And if you give your brain a lot of negative information, which we all have through growing up, through the media, through the horror stories that we inevitably hear at baby showers or wherever from friends, all those things come into our brain. Our brain computes and says, okay, birth is scary because I've heard all these negative things. But we just need to feed ourselves on positive information and positive things. And that can over time become really powerful. So step one for me is that curiosity. It's that instead of sitting in the, oh, this hurts or, oh, this is scary or running from, it's like, don't brace your shoulder against the scary and just try and bull through it. Don't run from the scary, but just say, okay, scary. I want to understand you and, you know, Mm -hmm. allow yourself to lean into it a little bit. 
and you don't have to, it'll be bit by bit. And every pregnancy, I think if I had 10 more pregnancies, I would still have things, which I'm not going to, (laughs) (laughs) but if, if I had more pregnancies, I know everyone would give me new layers of things that are holding me back. They would give me new layers of concerns uh, would give me new layers of things that I would have to take apart. So it's not about arriving at this place where suddenly births just this ecstatic, exciting mm-hmm. experience. Because I still had even, I did so much work preparing for my second and my third pregnancies. And I still had things come up. I still had Difficult co- difficulties. Yeah. I still had kind of thoughts that would come in. I still had some people pleasing go on, which mm-hmm. can get in the way too, right? And, but that's all part of the moving through. It's not about arriving at some birth destination. Like I checked off all the boxes for my birth and so it was good. It's more about saying this birth is a tool for connection and progress. And it could be an uplifting experience where I can feel more connected with those around me, my baby, myself. And that's about, it's not, you know I mean? That should be the goal at the end is just to say, I feel like I did my best to yeah. use those waves for something positive, powerful. not perfect, right? So powerful. It, it's like releasing the outcome, the fixed, the fixation on what the outcome has to be. And you're talking about what if it's actually about the journey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a beautiful message. Yeah. And I just think that it's like, I love the idea you're saying kind of how do we view, how do we view waves? Because if you think about an ocean storm. An ocean storm is an incredibly powerful, scary thing. Mm-hmm. Like the winds are, you watch like tropical storms, hurricanes, hurricanes, and, all uh, these things, yeah. like how intensely destructive and crazy they can be. But if you think about yourself as the ocean, it's like, okay, well, that's my anger, mm-hmm. right? Like some of the big winds and some of those things, they're actually me. It's actually my intense emotions becoming out of control. It's actually my fears. It's actually my, if I turn to like my own violence against myself or I, I, all those different things, but they're still me. So I can, if I lean in and try and figure out, okay, where did that hurricane come from? <laughs> that was destructive. <laughs> and how can I invite how calm can waters? I, yeah. How can I get back and to realize our entire lives are going to be ebbs and flows of storms and coming out. But when you think about just a person, if you think of yourself as a person separate from your storms, then your storms feel overwhelming. How will I ever tame that hurricane? Mm-hmm. It just hurts me. And it makes you feel very small. Like that's, that's the inner child where it just feels like there's nothing I can do. I'm helpless. Because you've turned it into this thing that's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Instead of recognizing that you are bigger than it and mm-hmm. can direct where it's going to go. Yes. And then to say, okay, if I'm, if I view myself as a ship, that's a little less scary because ships will last better than just a person mm-hmm. in a or hurricane. Or a surfer on a surfboard. Or a surfer you know? on a surfboard. Am I viewing myself? Because a surfer on a surfboard will do a lot better with big waves than just a person will. Mm-hmm. And a ship will do even better. Yeah. But to take it to that next step to say, oh no, no, I'm actually in it and above it. Right. And if I'm willing to step out of it, because... If you pull yourself, be pulled into your anger and sit in it, it feels like it is you, right? And our English language is actually really not helpful with this. I really liked in German, you say, um, I am feeling whatever. I'm feeling angry. I am feeling sad. But you you would never say, I am angry. No, they'd be like, oh, that's interesting. You don't embody anger. Like, <laughs> you cannot be You are anger. not embodied anger as a person. Like, that's, <laughs> anger cannot be a person. Mm. 
Mm. And in English, we just say, I am angry. I am sad. And we make it wow. our identity, right? Wow. Rather than saying, I'm currently experiencing yeah. anger. Same thing with even like, I am rich, I am poor. Because mm-hmm. I think I'm learning too that even money is simply something. It's just an experience. Yeah. <laughs> and we maybe overly identify with how much of that thing that we have or mm-hmm. how little. So and what does really like what does rich mean? Am I am I rich in family? Mm-hmm. Am I rich in opportunity? Mm-hmm. Am I rich in? But I'm still not rich. Do I have a lot of opportunities at my disposal? Do I have money at my disposal? Rather yeah. than saying I am, or instead things. of referring to people as oh, there's a homeless person, as mm-hmm. opposed to hey, looks like that person is currently experiencing life without a home. Yeah, those are two different things to like mm-hmm. identify as the experience versus. Someone who's having an experience. Yes. And this is another way that I feel like birth, birth has been a center for me for which I have just learned this beautiful, all these beautiful ways of approaching life because I feel like I can always take it and apply it somewhere else. And I feel like my language, especially in working with my clients, I've worked so hard to kind of guide them with the way that I say things. I see that you're currently having a hard time with this. Yeah. Not you're struggling. Right. You are struggle. You Mm -hmm. are struggling. I see that you're currently having a hard time with this or to say, explain to me why you think that, or just have inviting them to kind of have that curiosity and to show them, I don't see you as a person in the storm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, having that language that shows them, I'm seeing you as this is you. I don't see you and as you're a in control of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see you as this powerful agent that has control over your life mm-hmm. and your emotions and your interpretations of things. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why, like, why are life coaches and all of these different things having a mentor? Why is all that so powerful? It's because you find someone who's done a lot of this work and has stepped above who will look at you that way. And even having someone in your life, and that's why I think a doula can be so powerful, is you have someone in your life who knows you can do it. Yeah. I know every client I meet, I know that if she will put in the work to just take steps forward, that she can have a good experience. Birth can be a moment that catapults her into the rest of her life with Absolutely. momentum, like with, with joyous momentum, rather than after my first birth, I felt like I was just carrying this huge burden. And I, that's what I want. And I think that a doula can be that person for you who just sees you as the captain of the ship, as Poseidon in the ocean, as the, the creator of that mm-hmm. baby in that birth. Yeah. Can I give an example? Um, just today, I had a prenatal appointment with a client, and we were actually talking about essentially the wave analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted to pick like one coping technique and really develop it, especially because she's due in a few weeks and she feels like she procrastinated really going deep into different techniques. So she's like, I'm down to the wire. Let's just pick one thing and I'm going to put a lot of time into it in these coming weeks. And so we started with thought and we said, let's work on some like thought processes and very similar to what you just described. And, and I said, I want you to think about being in labor. And when you feel a contraction starting to build, kind of like if you're standing on the ocean and you see a wave starting to form, well, there's going to be a thought that pops into your brain if you let it. What do you think that thought would be, Katie, if you're just stepping into labor a little bit unprepared? What do you think someone's going to feel or say to themselves? <coughs> the classic, I can't do this. Classic. Exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of what she said. She's probably, uh, oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, and so, oh, crap, here it comes, you know. So I said to her, if that's the thought, 
that comes to your mind, what do you think will be the emotion that follows quickly at its heels? Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, fear, panic, anxiety, resistance, dread. And I'm like, yeah, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Then I said, what do you think will be the response in your body after you have felt that emotion? And she's like, um probably a lot of stress and tension. Um, and then, and then as we talked, oh yeah, pain also maybe suffering also, (laughs) um, resistance. That was a really cool connection for her to be like, oh, so you're saying it starts from a thought. So, and then from there to an emotion and then into my physical body. So we said, well, let's start with a different thought, you know? So right now when you're not in labor, you have a few weeks to prepare. How about you start framing the context of welcoming each contraction, right? Instead of buying into this narrative that society has told you that, oh, contractions are terrible. I mean, that'd be like somebody telling you, oh, Katie, the ocean is awful. I mean, I went to the ocean and it just smacked me down and I will never go back. Could you even imagine if that was the story everybody told you about the ocean and you Mm -hmm. just believed it and you just never went because you just thought, oh, the ocean's terrible. It's killed people. I could drown. Yeah. What a sad, sad day for the ocean to just be labeled this one thing, you know, because it was true for one person in that one moment. And, And that was really cool for my client to be like, oh, yeah, like birth is the ocean. It's like, a, it's a lot of things and maybe it can be scary and painful, but maybe it could also be all these other things. And so instead she started, she kind of chose a little saying mm-hmm. that is going to be her little mantra for her. Um, so whenever she feels a contraction comes, she wants to say to herself, here we go. Mm. And I loved it because she said, it makes me feel like I'm about to go over a roller coaster, like I'm on an, on an adventure and it, It can be big and it can be intense, but it can also just be an adventure and Mm -hmm. an experience. And I said, okay, if that works for you, if that conjures like really good feelings, then that's a powerful place to step into labor where you have equipped yourself with a thought that can then generate really positive emotions and then translate itself into relaxation so that you can experience birth and you know, the ocean as this beautiful, intense and powerful thing and not this like terrifying, scary, awful thing. I love that. Here we go. Here we go. It's so different than, uh oh, or holy shit, or, you know, all the different things we've heard our clients Mm -hmm. maybe say or think. Yeah. And that's another thing that's so powerful. I feel like in labor too, is remember that a wave is only crashing for a short amount of time, right? Mm. We could talk a lot about that too. But just to remind yourself that there is calm between the waves. It's not in every 30 seconds. It's in every three minutes, every five minutes. And I think the people who have the most, one of the ways you can have a really positive experience is to break when you have a break, is to not allow that mental chatter to say, I don't want another one to come. That's a huge one. The next wave is going to be, uh-oh, there's another wave coming. I know it's coming. It's coming. When's it going to come? I don't want it to come. And you're (laughs) building up builds up in your mind. So Uh in this time when you are actually your body, the ocean, the reality, the fact is there is no contraction. There is no tension. There is no reason for you to struggle at that point, right? Mm -hmm. But your mind, because it's telling itself a story, because it's saying, I don't know how many more of these I can do. That's the big story, yeah. is every wave that comes, how many more of these I have to do? How do I do this? And you try and 
put numbers on it. If I could do this for one more hour, I know I could do it, but it could be eight. And if you're thinking about all these things in you'll between, you'll psych yourself out. You'll psych yourself out. And it makes them way harder than they need to be. Yeah. Because you're fighting, you're bracing. Right. Rather than saying, okay, I have a break and I'm just going to try and take it and just be still. Because essentially you're not giving yourself, you don't actually get to enjoy the break because the contraction ends and then you're already projecting yourself into the next one. You're contracting in your mind. And you're contracting in your mind. And <laughs> you're so having a brain contraction. Your whole labor is just a <laughs> giant brain contraction mixed with real contractions and it's miserable. This is a thing now. I'm going to write about it. I just end that I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> the yeah. brain contraction. I love it so much. Oh, I think we've hit gold here. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way before. I hadn't either. But well your said. mind and your body are so connected that it'll experience it very similarly. Yeah. If you're, and you will hit crashes and waves of that anxiety, like welling up in your brain. It does it just like a wave. Yeah. It'll get this crescendo until you hit this point where you say, I cannot do this. Right. This is too hard. Well, you're in the middle of a break. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're in the middle of a break and you're deciding to yourself in your brain that you can't do it. Yeah. I wish I had a list of things that people wrote down, say during transition or during some of the really hard parts because I think they can be really beautiful and telling of kind of the stories that you've told yourself absolutely and the beliefs you have about yourself and about birth right absolutely so I love that I think that's a really fun way to end on brain contractions but thank you so much for joining me today Stephanie and for loving my poem I think every time (laughs) there's something so personal about writing a poem it feels like a little bit of your soul you've just kind of like put on paper and you're just like, do you approve? Like, it's very vulnerable. <laughs> it is a vulnerable thing yeah. and I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for affirming me and for chatting with me today. And for everybody listening, thank you for spending this time with us. And if you have any stories or ideas or visualizations or coping things that you think would be really cool to share. We would love to hear about them. Stephanie is on Instagram at Bava birth and I'm at Freya birth. If you want to message us your stories, we would love to hear them. We love to nerd out about all the different ways that people find to visualize it and to cope. So please like we would love to hear about it. Thank you for joining us as we step into darkness, knowing we will find light.